Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys. Well, good evening and welcome to episode 18 of Those Telly Guys. My name is Morgan and I'm joined as ever by Richard and thankfully this week by Sam. How are you guys? Yeah, good, mate. Um, it's good to be here and we, we couldn't have done this episode without Fergs because we're going to explore some Tim Tam stuff later on, aren't we, Ferg? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. I'm excited drinking my drinking my favourite drink. I cracked open a, uh, a 1995 bottle last night and it packed a punch, so I'm excited to get back on it tonight. A bottle of what, Ferg? Oh, a bottle of port. <laughs> a bottle of port. Wow. Well, uh, and we all know how much Ferg loves port. I, I had an interesting fact about port, actually, because when I when we were talking about all this this port stuff, and I know we haven't even gotten to that point yet, but I and I sort of, you know, was straight onto the Dan Murphy website and, you know, sifted through, um, you know, the $3,500 bottles. But the, at the top it says that port, it can't actually be um, known as port. So you'll notice that it doesn't say port on any of the bottles or boxes in Australia because apparently, um, yeah, it won't be known as port in Australia because, uh, you know, to be port, it has to come from some particular area of, uh, you know, Portugal or Spain, yeah, Port Portugal. So therefore, it is known as Tawny in Australia. I thought I thought you were going to get it. The Port Adelaide Football Club had naming naming rights over it. David Kosh paid for it. Naming rights. <laughs> so apparently, Tawny is that, that brown colour. Oh, there you go. Is a colour. Right. Yes, and we'll be um, looking into all things Port and Tim Tams later on. And this is, of course, our. Novelty mailbag episode, you could say. Um, we've had a, a few emails come in that we feel like we should share to the world. But first, um, I guess some Bogong Bulletin stuff. This is the Bogong Bulletin. Uh, lockdown has extended. Fellas, spring skiing is looking harder and harder as the days go on, as it gets warmer and warmer. Yeah, zero turns for a lot of people in the state. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, pretty upset. I mean, I was definitely getting my hopes up, mate. Um... But, you know, it's certainly looking now and, uh, you know, as we were just talking before we started recording, it looks like it's, you know, starting to melt in, in some areas, as you were saying, up in your part of the world. Um, but, you know, and with lockdown being extended, I think the chances of me sliding on any snow in the year 2020 are all but uh, gone for the time being. Berg? Yeah, definitely a nil for me, but... But I was looking at the Hotham snow cams uh, at morning smoko this morning, and uh, it's looking more like October 20th in the last two seasons at the moment. So hopefully, yeah, whoever's up there can make the most of it. Might be a few tussock runs in there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some stories of uh, people sneaking out, and we might hear some of those later on. But um in the season, but, uh, you know, it's, it is getting warmer here. As you said, mid October, um, in shorts, uh, it's definitely not cold anymore, but some people that might be throwing some pants on might be in North America. It looks like it's starting to snow there. The free Hill life crew must be getting pretty excited. 
Absolutely. I saw Josh Madsen post on his Instagram story, or it might not have been his personal account or could have been attached to the Free Hill Life page, but it looked as though he was dunking his hand into a pile of fresh snow on the side of the road, um, you know, which is obviously a good sign for that part of the world. Yeah, it looks like Utah um, and Colorado, uh, I'm guessing the yeah, more central parts of America, it looks like they, they copped a little bit of a, a dusting. Or a bit more of a ball of dusting. So, yeah, that, that is exciting. Yeah, they actually got more snow than we've had all season in, uh, <laughs> in one early season dump. No, 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 just just joking. But, um, you know, they're getting excited and um, maybe we're getting excited for next season. I'm not too sure. The Epic Pass has gone on sale, as has Buller's Icon Pass, I suppose, for the mountains with that, being Threadbow and Buller here. Imagine it, getting back to your mountains, tearing down the slopes to Towers Run in Perisher, chasing your family through the snow-covered village in Falls Creek, skiing and riding Heavenly Valley first tracks at Hotham. With the epic Australia Pass, you can explore them all and more, all with the protection of free epic coverage. It's time to turn your dreams into an exciting new season. Is it time to turn your dreams into an exciting new season as they are promoting, fellas? Well, I mean, I thought about putting down the 49 or $59 deposit this afternoon to secure my Epic Pass for um, the deliciously juicy price of 859 Australian dollars for the season 2021. Um, but, you know, much like... Uh, St Kilda's hopes are of playing finals for the first time in almost 10 years of riding on um, the result of tonight's game against the West Coast Eagles. Um, you know, my chances of skiing next year and anyone's chances of skiing in a resort next year in Australia are, you know, riding on, um, you know, the work of our, our scientists and microbiologists in developing a vaccine for uh, the um, novel coronavirus. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to jump in the positive positive thought bubble and being a slim snow year this year, uh, I reckon there's going to be 300 centimetres on the stakes next year. I reckon um, everyone's going to quit their jobs. Everyone will be up there skiing, skiing the pow and having a good time. So I reckon everyone's getting their money on, on epic passes at the moment. Is that for Mount Lofty you're talking about? <laughs> That is an interesting thought, though, Ferg. Like, I wonder, I wonder if a lot of people would be buying into this, you know, over-enthusiasm from Vale, vale Resorts, you know, et cetera, in selling the Epic Pass, or I wonder if people are, you know, sceptical and hesitant or, you know, maybe just in financial difficulty because of what's going on this year. So I wonder what people's attitudes are going to be, um, you know, in relation to locking down some sort of season pass for next year. I suppose people are a bit antsy and uh, wanting to get out and about out of the houses and doing something. So yeah, perhaps some flashes of uh, nice models skiing down a, uh, a hill will entice them to put the $50 on. So yeah, you're probably right. It might, might entice a few people into dropping the money. Yeah. Okay. We know you're in the video, Ferg. Okay. 
<laughs> nice models. Hey, that, yeah. that, that, that nudity scene was not meant to make it. <laughs> but, you know, sales are already through the roof, uh, though, because of that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they're going to um, maybe uh, discount it if we're not allowed to travel overseas to uh, visit the resorts that the Epic Pass um, counts on because I know we uh, use that in Japan and that was a great feature. Yeah, what do you reckon? Would they would they eat, think about doing that? Or, I'm guessing probably not. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say probably not as well because simply just because I feel like any of that overseas stuff is really just, you know, just an excellent bonus because, uh, you know, you do the maths and the outrageous price of lift-assisted skiing in Australia um means that, uh, you know, with the price of $860 or whatever it's going to be for next year, you really make your money back after, you know, four or five days of full price adult lift-assisted skiing at either Falls Creek, Hotham or Perisher. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought that they would be reducing the price um, any further down than what it is now. Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty good bargain. Sure thing. And um, the last thing on the uh, the agenda for the bulletin is uh, those tally guys, almost done for the season. We're running till the end of September and then we're done. Um, it's amazing we've come this far and we've got a lot of support. It's It's been fun, fellas. Absolutely. And I know that we didn't get, um, you know, I, I felt like every second or third week, Rich, we were talking about how we were going to be recording an episode up, um, you know, in a, in a mountain hut somewhere or, you know, up somewhere skiing, you know, after we've just had a, a good day on the toes and, you know, just sitting, um, you know, in Windy Corner and just, you know, chewing the fat, shooting shit, just, um, you know, talking to people up on the mountain and that, and that would have been fantastic. But, you know, I guess now we just uh, look forward to potentially next season. But, yeah, it's been, it's been great um, to uh, – and it's certainly given me something to do and something to look forward to each week. So, yeah, it's been it's been a really great use of my time, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're right. We we certainly haven't been able to do a lot of the things that we uh, were hoping for, but um, I'm proud that we've made it this far. And uh, hopefully next season we get Fergie in on every single episode. Is is there any way of locking you down? Uh, maybe paying you some royalties. Uh, <laughs> what what do we have to do? I'm three fifty an hour, but. Um... Sure, I could do a good. All deal right, we uh, we uh, better keep guys. going uh, then. Uh, Three fifty an hour. <laughs> and this this episode is obviously uh, around the mailbag um, because we've had a few people write in and and thanks for everyone writing in. We've got um, John from Alaska first out of the blocks here, and uh, I really like this uh, email. He says, "Hello, I just wanted to say I've been enjoying your podcast." Prior to listening, I only knew two things about Australia from my wife doing a university exchange and my children's program, Bluey. Those two things are that university students like to drink a lot and that all Australian parents are patient and always willing to play with their children. Now, I know that Talamark skiers in Australia subsist on lentils and Star Wars jokes. <laughs> Think of that. <laughs> it's interesting that most of... Um, the education around Australia, at least from people um, overseas, is through a children's program called Bluey. I find that rather interesting. Yeah, and um, interestingly enough, uh, I, I turned on my television uh, maybe last week or the week before and there Bluey was on ABC2. So, uh, John from Alaska, you would be excited to know that Bluey still exists and gets airtime in Australia. 
I think we've I think we've painted a pretty good picture. Then, if um, you know, he knows that telemark skis in Australia live on lentils and Star Wars jokes. So, yeah, I think you've done a pretty good job there. How many Star Wars films have you watched first? <laughs> Negative one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John goes on to ask a question, which I think it's important to t- talk about because um, he's certainly cottoned on, maybe through Bluey, that things on the other side of the world can be slightly different. Um, and the, the water in the Simpsons when they visit Australia and flush the toilet is one example of that, being that the water is going the opposite way. Um, if you made it this far, I have one question. If I end up in the turtle position, a term I use for all tele skiers to get their skis in the air when they crash, in the Northern Hemisphere and spin clockwise down the mountain, do those in the Southern Hemisphere rotate counterclockwise? <laughs> Lastly, that sand people joke really got me good. <laughs> Cheers, John. <laughs> so what do you reckon? Do we spin the other way? Well, firstly, I call the uh, turtle position the koala position. So that's... <laughs> distinct difference there you do call it that i i call it the flailing echidna but um that's just because it's a victorian <laughs> thing and you you're in south australia obviously yeah another language barrier <laughs> thoughts morgs yeah i mean I, I would have thought um yeah i'm not sure if there's any rotation when uh, when sliding down the mountain on on your back in the uh in the echidna slash koala position i I think it's just, um, yeah, you, you just slide straight down head first potentially um, and, and, yeah, there's, there's, there's not much you can do and you just have to somehow try and self-arrest, use the uh, strength from uh, the lentils that you ate at lunch, hopefully, that you carried in your little uh, fanny pack while skiing <laughs> in your turtleneck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I do recall... Uh, maybe seeing someone spin counterclockwise down Bogong. Um, I think you were with me, Ferg. I'm not sure. We were coming out of a very steep run called Afternoon and there was a lady just, just sliding out of control going down the slope, which wasn't great. And I remember um, asking her about her binding because she had NTN and I said, oh, how do you find the, the swap from 75 to NTN? She's like, oh, no, this is my first day on tellies. Not oh, great. In the backcountry, great way to start. But uh, I'm pretty sure she was skinning, uh, sorry, spinning counterclockwise. So there you go, yeah, John. Yeah, you'll have to, I'll have to look back over the GoPro footage on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Morg, should this next email be for you? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah happy, to, happy to read it. Unless you want to read this one, Ferg, and I can do the next one. But uh... Yeah, I'm happy to read this one. Uh, this is from perhaps a good friend of the show. Not sure of his last name. Tony um, says, hi, lads. Just enjoyed listening to the latest uh, episode on an evening walk. Great work as usual. And another interesting guest. While not prone to waxing lyrical about my younger days in the outdoors, your guest's reference to the western slopes of the main range reminded me of a particular adventure I once had. The climb from the Gihai River up to the summit of Cozzy is the longest continual climb slash descent in Australia, known as Hanel Spur. Many years ago, I hiked this route with a group. It was planned as a return trip going up and down the spur over four days with some time to explore at the top. Starting early from the river, we made it to Bayat's camp just below the summer on the first day. Here we attached the breathing apparatus. Oh, sorry. No, no. Um, <laughs> 
alpine conditions set in quickly the next day and we dashed to the summit for some views and a side trip to Siemens and a side trip to Siemens hut. Uh, here one of the parties sprained a knee. We returned to our camp but it was obvious this person could not make the long descent down Hanel Spur. Instead it was decided that two of us would walk back down to the Gihai to get the cars while the others would limp out to Charlotte's Pass with the injured walker. We would have to drive around and pick them up. As one of the younger and fitter members of the party, I was selected to walk out to get the cars. So that's um, two different side of the, sides of the ranges that they were going to split the groups into. Uh, the, the, the letter goes on. The next morning was an absolute whiteout and it led to one of the most frightening experiences I've had in the outdoors. The other hiker and I lost the snow poles for a while. It probably wasn't long, but it felt like an eternity as we walked around in circles trying to re relocate the trail. Eventually, we made it back to the pole line and began the long descent to the river and the cars. It was an eventful, an uneventful descent that, after that, then I had the chance to flog the crap out of someone else's Subaru all the way <laughs> around to Charlotte Pass. It's a pretty good road, that one, actually, to flog someone else's car. Um, once there, we met up, had a hot meal, and made a long trip back to Koryong for the night. What a massive day. I remember telling my father about this adventure sometime after. He promptly replied that he had also been to the top of Kozi as a young man in the early 1950s. He had not walked up Panel Spur, however, but had driven all the way to the summit in his Holden station wagon. Thankful for wild places and adventures. What a great story. What a Thanks, great. Tony. I actually wasn't familiar with uh, Hanel Spur. Have you guys walked up Hanel Spur from the same place before? I have not walked up Hanel Spur, but Ferg and I did a 20-day hike, um, which, a, 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 you know, which a short section of was across this particular area, and I have been to that area um, you know, on several other occasions and, you know, Obviously, when walking past um, that Hanel Spur track, it because it's sort of the top of it, it sort of terminates quite close to Mount Kosciuszko, probably only you know two or three kilometres from the summit. And so you always look at the map and go, "Oh, where's where's that track?" And you sort of look down off this saddle, and it just it's that's some serious like wild terrain out there. Um, Ferg, and I remember we talked about it, how that would be a pretty epic mission in the winter. But, you know, I, I just don't think that anyone really uses that, um, uses that path. I don't even know. If it yeah, is. I, think, I think our research into asking other people on what information was on the track was that it was fairly heinous and fairly overgrown. So I think as soon as we, um, yeah, and the words not worth doing, I think, were thrown in there. So I think as soon as we heard that, we were a bit turned off by it weren't we yeah because what is it it's the longest continuous climb in australia i think yeah because because to get to the bottom of the handle spur you have to turn off the the alpine way somewhere near tom grogan around there and then you sort of go down a dirt road and it keeps going down even lower down to the river because what is it down to the um, the gi the gi river, the oh. gi river. no it must be the murray yeah it must be on the murray well, in the letter, he said uh, down to the to the Gihai to get the two cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did they dump their breathing apparatus up high? <laughs> I want to I see a photo of the um, of the Holden Commodore up on the summit of Mount Kosciuszko. Yeah, that's amazing. 
That'd be great. Back in the day, you could, I mean, that just goes to show how rounded our uh, range is in some areas. Um, we obviously do have some some steep terrain, but uh, yes, the highest mountain in uh, Australia, you can, uh, or you could back in the day, drive to the top, it seems, whether that was um, legal or not, probably was, but uh, these days you can park pretty close and just stroll to the top or even ride your bike. It's, it's always funny going to that, that particular part, um, like the main range, because, uh, you know, we know that you can park at Charlotte Pass and then walk up, you know, what's essentially a fire road, maybe even better than that, to get up to uh, Mount Kosciuszko, or you can alternatively park um, in Threadbow Ski Resort and catch the eagle or the something chair up to Eagle's Nest, I think it's called, um, which is, isn't that the highest uh, lift accessed area in Australia or something? That's their little claim to fame. Oh, yes, yes. You know, walk a couple of Ks along a boardwalk and then, ban you're at Mount Kosciuszko again. And it's, you know, when you go there in, um, you know, I've been there like bushwalking with groups and then there's just, you know, people cruising around in their thongs and jeans and like it's just crazy. And, you know, we know that the, the weather can turn uh, in an instant out in the uh, Australian alpine areas and you know it's just uh, it's just madness compared to uh, you know our some of our favorite alpine locations I guess in Victoria or even perhaps the more remote areas in New South Wales like if you head further north from Mount Kosciuszko and from um, those more sort of accessible areas like it's just yeah it seems like a bit of a dichotomy there but, yeah absolutely I, I may have got out for some exercise in uh, one of the parks close to home recently. And you talking about people in thongs, obviously in summer, but um, uh, up uh, Eskdale Spur, we saw a lady climbing in chacos, just some nice sandals, which wow. is... Uh, in winter. Uh, yep. Her <laughs> feet looked pretty cold and so did her hands. She had taken her socks off and put them over her hands and she was kind of like shivering on a rock trying to get warm. But uh, just when you think you've seen it all, um, you know, that mountain shows you so much. How well announced the snow at the moment on Eskdale? At that point, it was, um, yeah, we skinned up from Michelle Hart, so she'd walked, and there was snow down further than Michelle Hart, so she'd walked all the way through the snow. (laughs) (laughs) She looked quite cold. It's like like Beely Spur Hut all over again. (laughs) (laughs) Getting sandbagged by the Department of Conservation. Yeah, there's beds. There's beds and mattresses in the hut. You'll be fine, bro. <laughs> For those listening at home, this is the time where, as you said, you got sandbagged by um, some folk in New Zealand and you had a very cold night. Is that right? Yeah, it was easily the most uncomfortable night of my entire life. Um, yeah. No. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Department of Conservation, if people aren't sure, that is basically the equivalent of a you know parks victoria or some sort of national parks entity um you know so advice is free as it always has been and the the advice that uh, this particular man or woman i can't remember gave to me was that um oh yeah 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 his beds and uh beds and mats in in this hut up on Beely spur and ferg and i were together and he's like oh yeah let's go up there it'll be good fun and um you know we were trying to go like super lightweight and just carry day bags or like overnight bags for some reason i was like oh yeah i'll just leave the thermarest out then if there's going to be mattresses in the hut and beds they were just like these weird little framed things with no insulation it was terrible it's just like a a a bit of material uh narrow gunned onto a bed frame wasn't it yeah and and i'd 
I had actually thrown in my Thermarest because I was like, I don't know what to expect. And so I was very lucky that I had a Thermarest and it was the coldest night I have ever experienced in this tin hut. And I was on, I was on my limit. Like I, I woke up a couple of times freezing cold and oh, I feel, I feel for more. I felt for more that <laughs> night. That was, I remember asking him in the morning, I was like, how did you sleep? And there was a very, very timid shit house coming from <laughs> So for all, all that stuff I said in previous episodes about uh, being prepared in the backcountry, it's probably all discredited now, but um, anyway. <laughs> we have to learn somehow, I guess. <laughs> but if you have a wacky adventure that you would like to share, please write in. Um, we love hearing about other people's adventures or, or stories. And again, thanks, Tony. You've um, written in a few times and we uh, appreciate everything you've written in. Um, and I love that, the last line there, thankful for the wild places and adventures. And I think that's fantastic. And I think we can all agree on that. But um, Morgs, we're uh, moving on to the, the final uh, email that we've received. And uh, this is kind of the, the feature of the show, I guess. We're going to uh, respond in a certain way. Absolutely, yeah. So this one comes in from Lewis and he says, G'day, Rich, Morgs and Sam. I've really been enjoying the podcast despite the lack of time in snow this season. It was great to hear from Ferg last episode calling in from my home state. And he goes on to say that he did visit the Theberton Snow Dome as a child and toboggan down the snow slope. If my memory serves me correctly, it curved left so just like Zoolander, you can't turn to the right. Also, the snow was like the stuff that builds up on the inside of your freezer, which made for a really fun time. But that's not why I'm writing in. I have noted that there has been some debate surrounding the Port Tim Tam Slam that Yar and I did on Mount Feathertop, with you all questioning whether it was, in fact, a slam, given that the liquid was cold. Fair enough. I can confirm that the inside of the Tim Tam did not melt when the port was sucked through. You will be pleased to hear that I conducted a second experiment at home this weekend where I heated the port in the microwave prior to sucking it through the Tim Tam, which was a success. The inside of the Tim Tam was warm and gooey and port flavoured when I popped it into my mouth. Definitely an improvement. I know that you will have questions, so I've prepared some FAQs. What is the optimal heating time and the answer is 40 seconds on high so lads i think it's time to uh, obviously he's referring to a microwave there so it's time to pour port into some sort of um, microwave safe receptacle mm-hmm. and uh, put it in for 40 seconds on high well, well should we try one cold first just to just to compare the two yeah okay yeah yeah oh, i was just going to talk about how we're going to um we're going to go uh you know, full master chef style, and we're gonna we're going to explore a range of different Tim Tam flavors and a range of different brands of port, lads. What have we all got here? I've got the Baronia All Uovo, some funny little well, seven hundred and fifty mil bottle of something with a horse and cart carrying a barrel on the sticker. It does not say. Oh yeah, it says for or it just says wine product infused with herbs and spices. Anyway, I'm sure it's a uh, a fortified wine. <laughs> Well, I have the uh, premium reserve made by D. Bortoli, and it is the old tawny. And I've got four flavors of Tim Tams here. I've got the uh, the chalk mint, 
the double coat, the chewy caramel, and the original. So quite an extensive array of uh, confectionery here. Um, and I've gone for, got the clean skin tawny is the title. It was the cheapest on the shelf. Um, and I've got the dark Tim Tams, which I've heard are really good. And the chalky, <laughs> I've got the Woolworths home brand chalky slams. So I'm hoping that the extra dry, extra dryness of the home brand will uh, come through with the goods. Is that a rip-off Tim Tam? Yes, it is a rip-off Tim Tam. I've got uh, the double coat Tim Tams and I also have the Choc Mint, but I've gone out on a limb and bought white chocolate Tim Tams, which um, before yesterday I had never eaten one in my life, I don't think. And Ferg, Ferg made an early tip yesterday, let it be known that the white chocolate would be shit house, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll clash with the port. Oh, okay, that's what you said. Yeah. All right. Um, should we all try a cold Tim Tam slam? Could you hear the Could you hear the port being poured? Okay. Yeah, great sound effect. That'd be good. Listeners will feel like they're there. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the the ends off a of Tim Tam here for the listeners to hear. For those playing in the the states, is how you do it. Which oh, which flavour of Tim Tam are you using, Rich? Oh, I'm just going an original here, and I've bitten off two opposing corners. Um, and I'm gonna suck. The cold port through. Are we all ready? Are we going to do this at the same time? Oh, are we doing cold port first? Yeah, yeah we'll do cold. Just to see, okay. because they gave it a go and we were questioning if it was legitimate. Oh, I'm, so, I'm all right, I'm going in too. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, well, I can speak for the original Tim Tam. The port came through seamlessly. Like It was almost like a, a straw and obviously... Not being heated, the Tim Tam's structural integrity is still is still standing. Um, mm. You could build a house out of this Tim Tam. Is that why you're building your house out? Yeah. Um, double coat though, extra strong. Um, <laughs> Mine's um, very strong. I've got a strong flavour. Mm. I don't know if it's a stronger chocolate flavour or a stronger port flavour. I'm going to have another sip to find out. Well, I had to suck pretty hard to get the cold port through the double coat Tim Tam that I used just then. Okay. Um, and the texture was not very pleasant when eating the Tim Tam. It's like a double filter on your cigarette. Got to work twice as hard. Uh, kids, we do not endorse smoking on this show. Um, no, it was like it was like a wet, um, well, yeah, obviously the wet biscuit. It was just, yeah. You know how when you're eating like tiramisu and then you get like the soggy cake? Well, yeah, I mean, the original... Yeah, maybe doesn't have as much um, blocking the liquid, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, you know, is it? Mm, yeah, it's definitely not a cup of tea. Put it that way. I didn't mind it though. Yeah, good good flavours. Um, mm. I'm yeah. looking forward to heated though. Yeah, me too. Um, do we need to try any other Tim Tams with cold, or should we just get straight into the heated? Oh, you know what? Actually, I've got a chewy caramel here. I reckon I'm not going to be able to suck the liquid through this one. Let me try this with the cold. <clears throat> oh, sounds like you've got a bit of water in there, a bit, bit of liquid. Turns out I could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. That was too easy. Um, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I can't taste any of the caramel. I think we're going to have to go heated. Yeah. yeah. The, the dark, I'm not sure about the dark at the moment. All right. Oh, he's All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go heat up mine. Got it, I got it in for 40. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to start with the dark, I reckon. All right. Rich, what are you going to take? 
Uh, maybe I'll go a uh, a, ch- a chalk mint. All right, I'll go a chalk mint as well then. The chalk mints are a bit smaller in size, aren't they? Hang on. Oh, oh actually, I'll, I'll go. I'll go to the chewy caramel again. I'll give that a go. Oh, no. oh. Ferg. Ferg, what do you reckon? Mm, the wine mm, is very rich. Might be because of my dark biscuits. Mm. I'm undecided still. So. All right. Chalk mint was spot on. I think that was delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. Being warm, just, yeah, it was awesome. I'm Take- going, in for, going in for chewy caramel. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, a bit of, bit of sugar in there would be good. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of sweetness. Yeah, the chewy caramel was pretty good. All right, well, I'm going to go the home brand chalky slam. And I'm going to try the white chocolate. Because for me, oh. even though, you know, Ferg was doubting it, but it just seems right, like... Now that I've got my warm port, you know, it seems a bit like Christmas time. I've got mulled wine. Um, and I don't know, like just the white chocolate, it just seems to go with it. Like it's just, it just looks good. It, it feels right. Mm. Like the powder, like a nice bit of coating of powder outside. <laughs> well, I'm going to go the um, the double coat. And that is the one Lewis suggested is the the best. So going to give it a go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Mm, no, I don't, I don't mind it. I think I prefer the uh, chewy caramel, though. I like the caramelly tasting notes as they came through with the port. Um, a bit more diversity, I think. But, uh, yeah, double coat is good. Double coat is good. All right. The verdict's in on white chocolate. It tasted like shit. I almost didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It was actually just disgusting. I don't know why. You haven't done the port justice then. Yeah, I don't know. Just... It was wrong. Everything about it was wrong. I take back everything I said. <laughs> How'd you go, Ferg? I like the uh, the Woolworth Home Ram Chalky Slam. It was uh, much better than the dark chocolate Tim Tam. Dark chocolate Tim Tam, I don't know. It was just very bitter and, yeah, not very good. That's interesting so, because the, I found the Choc Mint one to be good and I, I could be wrong, but, Rich, do you think that the chocolate on the Choc Mint one is dark chocolate? Currently inspecting. Um, it looks like dark chocolate. If you sit it next to a regular or a double mm. tam, it's a different colour. Oh, yes. Um, yes, definitely a different race when I put it next to the original Tim Tam. Yeah, very dark indeed. Um, well, yeah. The double coat thick. They're thick boys, aren't they? Like they're like twice the size of the other Tim Tams. Oh, yeah. Absolute monsters. I'm going back for a double dip of the dark chocolate to get a better. Yeah, going better chocolate dip. here. I'm, I'm going to do double coat. Have you done that yet, Rich? Uh, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty good. And I'm oh, going cho- oh, it's bitter. Mm. Oh, chocolate mint is good. Yes, you're right, Morgs. That is. Yeah, chocolate mint is easily the best. Double coat, not that good. Still better than white chocolate. Chalk mint is the only one that I would ever eat again. You've got to get the chewy caramel. That was pretty damn good. I'd, I'd put that above chalk mint. Mm, dark chocolate. There's something wrong with it. There's like chemicals in it or something. I've got acetone in my mouth now. Well, there we go. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to us eat Tim Tams through port. But um, what, what do you think? Can we say this is a Tim Tam slam after now trying it? Yeah. yeah I think it's a Tim Tam slam. Whether, whether it's a good thing I don't, I don't know it's not as good as a cup of tea mm. um yeah i don't know like maybe it's just the you know the wrong combination of port and tim tams that i got but yeah there was weird thing going on in my mouth uh yeah i think i think and i think it's 
if you've got the means to do it, I'd do it for sure. Mm-hmm. But maybe as you're buying your lentils, as a cheap telemark scare, um, maybe just buy the home brand ones yep. by the sound of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, the home brand ones tasted, tasted much better than the, than the dark chalk. That's for yep. sure. So if you're listening to this in Europe, our advice if you're going to ship some Tim Tams in is uh, not the dark. Uh, double coat. Yeah, you could do that. Um, chalk mint, definitely. Chewy caramel um, and even original. But no dark, no white. Don't do it. But um, yeah, I mean, if there's uh, nothing more to add on that, I guess that's um, that's a wrap for the show. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you very much, gents. Good to slam a few Tim Tam for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely delightful. And um, yeah, as, as we said earlier, there's like probably two episodes left for the season here. We... Um, we'll we'll fill out the season despite the the lack of skiing, but um, yeah, I guess I'll see you next week. Yeah, hey, right. Thanks yeah. as always. See you guys. See you later. Bye. Those telly guys hope you have enjoyed this program. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch at thosetellyguys at gmail dot com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe for more fun episodes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram. Thank you.